we're in our recent night series. Uh, we've talked about so many different aspects, uh, bring on flowers today, things of that nature. And the point of our series is simply this, that we have a command from the Lord Almighty to tell others about Him. And the truth is, we have this command, but we should have a desire to tell those that don't know Christ about Christ. And we should tell those in our family, our friends, people we don't know, because the good news should be so so important to us, so in us, you want to tell everybody. Just like if they were selling gas for one dollar. Now I know back in the day when I first started driving, I know some folks got testimony. When I first started driving, gas was a dollar. I was man was a dollar fifteen. Now I wish I could have a dollar fifteen. I know some folks can come up here and talk about the quarter gas. But if they were selling gas at that 7-Eleven, that Exxon, for a dollar, you wouldn't hold it to yourself. You fill up your tank and you tell the next person, you hold the line. You get on your phone and tell them they're selling gas at 7-Eleven for a dollar. You better come down now. And what would happen? What would happen? You would see a line on lemons going all the way on Washington, going all the way the other way, and that gas tank would empty out. That would empty out. And if you think I'm not telling the truth, we've seen it happen, haven't we? When they ain't messed up and put the thing by accident, 59 cents, dollar. Next thing they know, they can't change it too late. Now they out of gas, they messed up. And we like, oh, I, well, I'm sorry. We getting that dollar gas, aren't we? Well, what would happen if we had that same kind of energy about telling others about the good news and what's happening in your life because of Christ? And let me tell you, the tanks for Christ don't ever run out. They're only going to overflow you. But you gonna you ever pump too much gas? Now you got a headache because you got all that gas smell in my, in my nose. Well, let me tell you, the aroma of Christ will not, it will knock you out, but knock you out in a good way. Because it's going to get your mind right and, and so forth. So that's what I reach at night. We, post, we should be reaching and igniting others for Christ. And so today... Today, we just have no more excuses. We have no more excuses. No more excuses. We're going to be coming out of uh, Matthew 25, talking about the uh, talents and so forth. Matthew starting at verse 14. And the story is this. Jesus is telling a parable about a master who gives his servants uh, talents. Talents in today's term, money. He gives one, five. Uh, and let me go on to my scripture. He gave one, five. He gave another two. And he gave the last one, one. Now, the one that had the five, what did he do? He went and started trading that, and he doubled his money. Each time it's worth about five, uh, about thousand dollars. So he went and made ten thousand uh, total of the initial investment of the five thousand that the master had given him. The next one did the same thing, but the last one says, "You know what? I'm gonna dig a hole. I'm gonna dig a hole." Now, the difference between me trading and me digging a hole is the question is, why do we? Why do we dig a hole? Why dig a hole? Don't we have some folks in our family that will put their money in the mattress? Now I don't know about you, but when folks find out you got money in your mattress, they're going to come up in your house and while you sleep in your bed and knock you out. 
Because your money in your mattress. I'm going to go where your treasure is. Now, if your money is in a bank, what are they going to do? They're going to hit the bank. People going to hit where you put your money. Well, we digging holes. Can that money ever make money? I don't know about you, but when you go to the store, ain't nobody giving you anything free. Amen? And, and we don't live in a free society. No one's going to say, oh, you're so-and-so. You're Miss Diane. I'm just going to give you a, a, a Slurpee today. You go to 7-Eleven, they're going to want their dollar. Amen? So, this, But when we dig a hole, you have no access to that. You have no access to that monetary value that you just uh, put in in that hole. Well, how does that relate to us? The Lord has given us all gifts and opportunities. He's all given us all gifts according, as he said, according to his ability. Now, this is the thing. Many of us, we dig a hole, and we'll dig that hole because we are seeing other people. Why did he get 5000 I only got 1000 We'll dig that hole. We'll compare our gifts. This is the thing. If everybody can sing, would it be a gift? No, everybody can sing. Everybody can sing. So there's a certain point, certain people, they're going to have a gift for singing, some for teaching, some for edification. I mean, they can help build up people. You ever have some people, you, can, you go to them because they can build you up. I mean, you, that's who you call. Man, I need a picker-up person. I need a call. You ain't going to call somebody who's negative Nelly, right? You don't call somebody who can pick you up. They have a gift. There's even a gift of singleness. That's a gift. Because by nature, we want to be with someone. We want companionship. So if you are satisfied being single, God gave you a gift. So we all have gifts. Gifts are something that goes beyond our natural ability. Goes beyond our natural ability. So we also have a gift. And this is the thing. This is what we all have in common. We have a gift a command, and a responsibility to do what? We are to what? Reach the lost. We are supposed to come together, fellowship, but we are also supposed to outreach. We are supposed to outreach. So we get in this point where we want to dig these holes. We also dig these holes because, first of all, we try to compare it to one another. The second thing we do when we dig these holes, we get into a thing called fear. We get in a fear thing. We get in this fear. And what is fear? What is fear? Fear is the, the, true, the true ability of saying, I can't do it. If I do it, I'm scared I'm going to fail. You fear. You fear. Christ said that there is no fear in his love. Many of us are operating our gifts out of our own nature. Some of us, I could be preaching straight off my own uh, my own nature. But if I'm not tapping to the Lord, my preaching is in vain. If Charnel's up here singing and she's singing for self, it's in vain. It, it does not matter. If, if the teachers are teaching for themselves and you better give them a compliment, the teaching is going to be in vain. It's going to be a mess. If we, And that's what I'm telling you. We all who are saved by Christ, we all have a gift. We all have something He gave us. And your gift the one talent is as, as important as the five talents because we're all part of the body. Do you know if I hit my big toe, my whole body feel it? You ever walked into your bedroom at night and you've been walking and you hit your big toe? Does your hand not feel it? Does your ears not feel it? Do your eyes not feel it? Do your chest not? Oh, Lord. Because just that big toe and if it was your pinky toe, it's even worse. 
Everything has a contribution to the body of Christ. Because the focal point is not you or your ability, but the focal point goes back to Christ Jesus himself. That's the focal point. The whole body, the whole church. So you might be a pinky Christian and he been picking you around and you like, well, I want me I want to be an ear of the of the church. I want to be the mouthpiece of the church. And God said, baby, that's not your role. That's not your role, and I'm sorry. But your role is to be the best pinky to be the best pinky of all time. You be the pinky of all time. And you work pinky. That's why some of us we, when we get our jobs, we get upset when we see people who have what? I'm a trash collector, but why he a doctor? And we get upset. And God has called us to be the best at that job because we are a representation of him. Don't be envying and want to covet what another man has. Be satisfied and content with what God is giving you. See, God's telling us, you don't have enough skills. I'm giving you these things, and, and, and what are you doing with it? So, we have fear. That's one of the reasons why, why we don't uh, go forward. We have fear. We have, what else? We have uh, laziness. So, we can fear one thing, but we get lazy. We get lazy. You ever have somebody who, a, a child of yours, a brother of yours, a sister of yours, whomever, and they just lay around the house all day. They're not going to do nothing. They ain't going to be about nothing. They're lazy. They're lazy. And you come home, you've been working all day. And especially, I know with my parents, when they come home and we didn't do nothing all day, the house still looked the same as it was that morning. Have anybody had that talk at the end of the day? And it's not a nice talk. It's not like, oh my goodness, you all didn't clean up. My Lord. That's a shame. No, it's like, what y'all? Going up in this, and if your parent were really Christian, it'd be some real good words. Y'all, some y'all didn't lazy. Mm-mm-mm. Get up and do it now. Mm-mm. Now, my parents would be like, Oh, I'm about to do it now, Lord. I'm about to do my. And so, you might see some things I need to catch going quickly, or if you heard that, that car click. And we had a window where we would be sitting. We knew that car was coming to the backyard. We started moving around like we were doing something all day. But we have a laziness. Many times, and, and we're going to be going to a big, the whole church is going to go through a membership class and what we believe and things of that nature over the next couple months. But many times when we join churches, we think, my job is just to come up in here and sit. And that's not church. You, we're not going to be able to sit up in heaven. Ain't going to be no sitting Christians in heaven. We ain't going to be just sitting down. Oh, I'm always a good day, Lord. I'm going to sit down for the whole day. So I know we got some songs like that. I'm going to sit with the Lord all day. The Lord's busy. The Lord's busy. So we're going to be singing. We're going to be doing things. He said, I want you to praise on this side of heaven. Some of us have come in church like, it's all right to sit down. And I'm going to tell you at victory, we're going to have an expectation everyone be involved. Because we're all the body. If you got one part of your body that's not active, what happens to that inactive part of your body? It gets fat. It gets uh, wobbly. It gets struggling. And if all your body, then you're going to have a little stomach in mind. If all your body is doing inactive, then it's all going to look a little inactive. And when it's time to really flex that muscle, you ain't going to be able to do it. 
Because understand this, Satan, the world is still on their job. It is still busy. If you're active in your church house, in your spiritual life, you're going to get a little uh, sloppy, a little inactive. And when it's time to flex your muscle, it's going to be hard to flex because you haven't been active. So it's an expectation at victory that everyone be involved. But the same thing, the Lord himself wants everyone to be involved. He wants, he has an expectation that you're going to be industrious. You're going to be getting up. You're going to be able to do something. You're going to be doing something right now. He doesn't want any laid-up Christians. I told my wife the first time I met her, my mama never laid up. She never laid up at the house. That's not, that wasn't her. I didn't learn that from my parents just to lay up. It feel funny. It, you always got to be doing something. That's why you always get to see pastor sitting down. Because pastor, he moving around. I always have been out just moving around, doing something. I'm, I'm not comfortable just sitting. Well, Christ is calling us to that. But when we don't exercise our spiritual gifts, the Lord is saying, you are lazy with it. You are lazy with it. And he's going to come in just like our mom and dad one day. So we have, we get fearful, we get lazy with it, but sometimes we get comfortable. You ever been in a relationship with somebody comfortable with you? But too comfortable? You know, you just talking, and they say something kind of out of pocket. Like having a friend that may be, uh, one of our Anglo brothers. And they want to pop you an N-word real quick. You're like, what you just say? You got a little too comfortable. A little too comfortable. A little too comfortable, brother. Now, if I flip it to my other brothers who look like me, you're getting too comfortable too with the word. Paula Dean got too comfortable. Lost her some millions, didn't she? Get a little too comfortable. Some of us get so comfortable with our gift that we like, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. It'll be all right. I get comfortable that I don't have to, to, to put my gift forth. And then we'll go and talk about, well, I got grace. Yes, you do have grace, but God has not given us a license to abuse grace. And many times what we have done, just like in our relationships, if I get too comfortable in my marriage, I can see it going down. You, I got to work on that. Thing every day. That's not something that was told to me. It might have been told to me, but I didn't understand it at the beginning. That it's a daily work. But understand, meantime, when we hear work, we hear pain. And when we hear pain, we hear discomfort. When we hear discomfort, we hear, I don't want to do that. So then we see our marriages falling, our relationships falling, our jobs falling. God is calling us to work. He's calling us to get up. He's calling us to invest. He's calling us to do more than just sit around and look at TV all day. He's calling us to get in his word. He's calling us to be a part of the praise team, to be a part of this ministry, to be a part of whatever, from building up to setting up, wherever it be. He's asking us all to be involved. Same thing like in worship. He's asking all of us to be involved. God is saying in his church and his family, there are no spectators. There are no fans. There are followers. We can't be like how we watch the Dallas Cowboys. Didn't want to talk about turning Romo so bad. The truth is, I'm not out there and I have some. I'm also not getting that money either. And Jerry ain't giving me any money, and I'm not going to give him any money either. But all I'm in is a fan. I'm just a fan. But I'm not with him in the meetings. I'm not with that. So I don't know what's really going on. When we have victory, I don't want y'all to be fans. We don't have an excuse. God says, I want y'all to be followers. Every church should be a follower church, not a fan church. Fan 
church, if, if the pastor died, that church over with. That's a fan church. It wasn't about following church. It's not about me. It's about God's work. So are you a fan or are you, are, are you a fan, a spectator, or are you a follower of Christ? That's the thing he's getting at here. Because these servants, these servants who, who the first two went and were industrious, they went and invested their money and got the master back double what he gave them. That one that dug a hole, he didn't do anything. And we got to understand, there's going to be a day that Jesus Christ is going to come back, and he's going to ask an accounting of us. He's, the truth is, we can see that the Lord is disciplining us every day when we're not doing this. So the Lord is telling us, hey, what's going on with your spiritual life? Hey, are you walking with me? These things that keep going and recurring in your life, these valleys that you're in, that you're, you're in these valleys because the Lord is trying to teach you this principle, but you're kind of just tuning it out. You're putting your head in the ground and not listening and not trying to be in tune with God's will. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. There's come a day that he will come for an accounting. And so we have here, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled the accounts with them. Jesus will deal with us. Jesus is going to deal with us. How is Jesus dealing with you right now? How is Jesus dealing with you right now? He's been calling on you. He's been talking with you. Some of the things we just don't want to listen to. It's some places we shouldn't be anymore. It's some folks that we don't need to talk to in this season of our life. Because we're trying, Christ is trying to grow us. It's some things that God is asking us to do. He's calling you in that early morning. Come on and get in the word. He's calling you at church service. Come on, get your praise on. Don't restrain yourself. Praise him. Praise him. Shock him that you're going to praise him so much. Because you just know what the Lord has done. That's what God is calling, right? So he's going to deal with us. But when we deal with him, and this is the excuse that the servant gave. He said, his Lord said to him, well, this is the other ones. Well done and good, faithful servant. You're faithful over a few things that will make you rule over many things. Enter in the joy of the Lord. When he deals with us, it's two dealings. Those that have been faithful, that have been investing, he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Have you been faithful to the Lord's work? Have you been faithful to what God's calling you? Have you been about his work. Are you a servant of the Lord truly? We got to keep it real with ourselves. And understand, those few things that he's giving you, then he's going to make you a ruler over many things. We got to get in the business victory. If we don't take care of the investment, we don't need to ever talk about the many things. If we're not take, that's why we keep telling my leadership group, we got to take care of small things first. We don't take care of small things. Don't worry about the many. Don't worry about the forecast if you ain't ready about the today cast. If you ain't ready about the today and the small things today, don't worry about what the future going to hold because you haven't been good on the few things. The Lord's going to reward us when we're good on the few things. He will reward us with the many things. You want to see victory grow abundantly? The few things are going to be evangelism. The few things are going to be inviting people to church. The few things are going to be saying, hey, brother, uh, I don't know if you know Christ, but can I share it? And they know, ask them a couple more questions. Don't just take the word for it. Say, do you know Christ? And be honest with it. And if you say, well, I don't know how to do that talk, then talk to somebody that can help you do it. But don't be ashamed. And the truth is, you don't need to have some ready-made script. Just be real. Just be 
be real. Just have a real conversation and build a relationship. Christ wants us to have many friends, not just a few. He wants your, your contact list on your phone to be about a thousand. Because that's how many people you reach now to. You are, we all are called to be ministers and missionaries for Christ. And so we get here, and so that's what he says to the, the two servants who did well, the five and the two. But then we get to, we get to here, and we're kind of like that baby. Really, do I got to lift this up? And the truth is, this baby would never be able to lift this barbell. Now, if he does it, Lord, that's going to be all on you too. He's going to need some help, right? The Lord is there to spot you. He's there to pick up that weight with you. You think you did it all yourself, but it's really God on the other side helping pick that weight up. And you're going to have to be real with yourself. I don't even know how he got it up. All I know, the Lord got it up. That's all I know how he did it. And so when we get here, we get to a point. We get to a point. So he's talking to the, uh, the one that dug the hole. So you ought to have deposited the money with bankers. He said, you shouldn't have dug a hole. You should put that at least in the bank. Make sure I've got a little bit of interest. You you, what you digging a hole for? And if I go back, the servant says, well, I know you're a hard master. I, I know that you hard, and I didn't want to disappoint you. Some of us at times had that view of Jesus. We, we make that excuse. The excuse is, well, I, I can't reach to that level. I can't do that. I don't know that. She ain't this. She ain't that. You're not doing this. Don't we, we blame everybody else in the world at times instead of looking at ourselves. And as this master is hearing all this, he's going to tell him the real truth. What I've learned as being a pastor and also as a lawyer, many times when somebody's coming into court, they want to tell me why they did what they did. Well, I didn't see the sign. Or, well, it's South Dallas, everything looked like this. And the truth is, God's saying, there's not a time for excuses. There's not a time. When you're blaming everybody else and not handling your business, that's saying you are not faithful to the work. You are not dedicated to the work. You are not sold out to the work. What you are, what you are, or somebody who's just coming in and you ain't worried about making any fruits. So we got a lot of folks that shout in the church, but do I got some folks that want to work in the church? Because it's easy to shout, it's easy to dance, but it's hard to work. Because work will not get you praise. It's easy to do the solo, but it's hard to be amongst the whole choir. Because sometimes when you're in the choir, you hit. Are you willing to just do the work? God is calling us to do the work. I don't want us to be like this uh, servant. The servant's talent was taken away from him. There's some churches who have closed their doors. No members are coming in. The members who were there, they died out or left. Because they had not been about the business of the Lord's work. We said it was a demographic change. So what? Heaven is not a black heaven. It ain't a white heaven. It's not Latino or Asian. It ain't woman or man. Heaven is the world. Who are, there's some sinners saved by grace. Christ Jesus going to be in heaven. That's who's going to be in heaven. And they're going to look all different colors. So the demographics shouldn't have closed your doors. 
What you need to do is sit down and re-strategize and pray on that. Lord, is this the way you want us to go? It's one thing to move, but there's nothing to shut your doors. There's many churches who are shutting doors every week. Every week. There's many churches who do not want to reach out to the lost. They don't want to reach out to the harvest. They are happy with who's in the church right now. I got my little tithers. I got my folks who going to give me some money. If I preach this feel good, feel good sermon, then you happy, and that's all we got to do. But somebody got a cousin that's in jail. Somebody got a daddy who they never seen. Somebody needs some prayer right now, preacher. So what about those folks who are outside the door? The Lord still got the door open. Why do you have your doors closed to the world? I'm telling you, Victory Baptist Church must always be about the lost. Must always be about seeking those to a loss. We are a lighthouse church and not a fortress church. We are a church that's going to be always about going and ministering to the lost. It's not about them joining victory, but it's about them joining the family of Christ. That's what we have to be about. I never want us to have excuses because we don't serve a hard master. Because the truth is, if we went back in our hot mess stuff, which we might still be struggling with, God been good to us. Because some of us, as we said a couple weeks ago, should have been dead. Some of us should not have the home we have. Some of us shouldn't have the children that we have. Some of us shouldn't have the jobs that we have. Some of us shouldn't have the situation that we have. Just live it at that. Your situation is not as bad as you really think it is. You want to do poor with me? God don't have time for the poor with me. And I'm just being honest with you. He's telling this has been the greatest chance for the Lord to show. Well, poor you. You thought that? Let's have a conversation. Let's, I don't want you to feel like that. I'm not hard. I'm really caring. Why don't you go back and try to invest? Jesus didn't do that. Jesus said, let me keep it real with you. You thought that? Boo, boo, boo. You were wrong. And boo, boo, boo. I'm about to take your talent away. Bye-bye. Christ is real. What we want to do is always be this soft and da-da-da. Christ is real. We want to see some lives change. We better get to be a real church. And we're going to have all these folks come in. And we're like, oh, it's just good to see you. Praise the Lord. But we ain't going to ask about how their life is, how you living, where you need help. Can I help you? Can I walk with you? You saying you at the crack house? Let me get you out the crack house. And we ain't going to be that type of church. We're going to like, oh, I see you got the crack pipe in your hand. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, let's just pray the crack off you. No, that's not going to be a transformational church. That's going to be one of them churches that got a couple members, but ain't about doing nothing. Maybe you're in a big church, but ain't doing nothing. I don't care. We keep this right here, but we change this whole community. We have done our job. Because it is about the business of Christ and not the business of me. It's about the business of Christ and not the business of you. It's about the kingdom of heaven and not the kingdom of this little few people here. It's not about us. It's about the Lord. And let me tell you, when you make it about the Lord, he really makes it about you. Because he said, you made it about me. You made it about me. What did he do? With, he, took their talent, he took his talent and gave it to the one with more ability. He said, the talent just ain't thrown away. They're giving to somebody else. The Lord is pouring his heart out. He said, the opportunity is here. I need you to tell this brother who you know is on this corner slanging this dope. I need you to tell him about Christ. I didn't ask you to save him. Let me work. But with him slanging, I need you to tell Nino Brown. Nino, there's hope beyond that little Cadillac and that drug you got. Because there ain't no old gangsters. Nino, 
or, or, or Shamika or Bob or whomever. I know you party last night. That same party dress, come on church with me. We would never be a church about how you dress today. That you can't come in. I've been there. I've seen that. Oh, baby, you got sweats on? You can't come in church? How you going to come in church? That's the best you have? Go back home. You send them back home. They ain't coming back. God said, I sent this person here for you to minister. The lighthouse church does not matter what ship is coming in. The ship might be a ragged tugboat that got two holes and by the sink. He said, please reach out your hands and get that boat out the sink. Because they are the ones who are about to drown. The folks who, who are here today, gone tomorrow. We don't have an excuse. I, I'm telling my leaders, I'm telling them now, here, please do not bring in excuses. I'll ask you to sit down. If I got a leader full of excuses, you need to sit down. Because you're going to have to sit where everybody else can get, get your mind right. Because we're going to be a church about no excuses. No excuses. We're going to have to push till we can't push anymore. The Lord will take us the rest of the way. We got to go and dedicate ourselves and push ourselves to that next level in Christ. We cannot be a church full of excuses. And the Lord inside of me, I hate hear excuses. I hate to hear a myriad of different reasons. Because that's telling me you ain't got your stuff right. The law is the law. A plus B all equal C. If you got everything else equal to C, now that hot mess, that's a hot mess. Now what he told them, no, you bring all. I'm too hard. I'm too this, and I'm too that. No, the other two folks. That's what they did. Look what happened. They blessed me because they went out and said, I have no fear. I'm not gonna be comfortable. I'm not gonna be lazy. I'm gonna. The minute you gave it to me, I went out and invested. I went out and I worked it. That's what Christ wants us to be. Don't hold back your gift. Invest your gift in the church. Invest your gift in the harvest. Invest your gift in the world. So we're church today. No excuses. Can somebody tell me today? No excuses. I know this is hard. Because we are built on excuses. We've been taught excuses. It is supernaturally not to be no excuses. We need Christ's help. But I'm telling you, when I say no excuses, somebody say no excuses. You are relying on the Lord Almighty. When God says, I want to put more on you than you can bear, he's not saying you. He's saying with my strength, with my covering, you can bear it all. You need me. Then you don't have any excuses. You are content because you got me. You may have nothing. You're content. That's Christ. That's not you. You got a bunch. If you won the lottery today, you won that 300 million that they had last night. You won that 300. Some of us wouldn't be up in here. We would say, I would have booked a uh, ticket today. We find out to Miami t- uh, today. So I got 300 million in the bank. The Lord is telling you, but I want you to be content with the 300 million and the three cents. But that's not you. That's me. In you. That's the Holy Spirit guiding you. That's you tapping not into your self-flesh, but into my spirit of power. That's me. So if we become no excuses, that means the Lord has been working in us and on us, and now we're ready to just shine our bright light to a dark world. That's what I'm telling you. I don't want leaders having excuses. I don't want to have church members having excuses. I want us to tap into the Holy Spirit that is not a power that's limited, but is unrestrained. It's all-powerful. It's all-knowing. It is time for us to tap into the Lord. So what? No 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 what?
Come on, no what? Come on, no what? That's what I'm talking about. Let us open the doors of the church at this point in time. I'm telling you today, as we open the doors of the church, you may have been waiting, but I'm telling you, Christ is calling you. Don't make the excuse. Christ is calling you. He wants you. If you don't have a church home, if Christ has been working on you to come here, he's saying, don't have the excuse. Don't say, well, I'm, I'm looking for this. Say, Lord, I know the Lord is talking to me. Don't have the excuse. Don't have an excuse anymore. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. Don't worry about what the world said. Don't worry about tradition. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord.